0: That's when the doctor came up and said, it doesn't look good. And I said, will I ever walk again? He just so bluntly said no. And I pulled the sheet over my head and I just couldn't stop crying. I was devastated. Like, don't put your dreams on hold because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. So if you want to do it, just do it. Like, if you want to go trekking in Bhutan or somewhere random, just do it. Don't think about it. If something happens and you can't do it, you don't, yeah, you... You don't
1: want to have regrets. Hi there, I'm Jackie Mooney, Editor of Women's Health. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Uninterrupted. Our guest today knows a thing or two about resilience, having to claw her way back to physical and emotional health after a tragic accident left her paralysed from the chest down. Before that life-changing day, Sam Bloom had everything she'd ever dreamed of, She was a happily married mother of three, was practising as a nurse and led an active lifestyle on Sydney's northern beaches. But when she leant on a rotten balcony railing during a family holiday in Thailand and crashed six metres onto the ground below, her world was suddenly shattered. Now, after an unusual companion turned out to be her saving grace, Sam has returned to sport and travels the country, sharing her powerful message with the world. Never ever give up. So welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for joining us today. You Thanks, live Jackie. on the Northern Beaches and you had a childhood dream of becoming a nurse. Um, tell us a little bit about that time growing up on the Northern Beaches and your family, or did you actually grow up in Sydney?
0: Yeah, um, we moved to the Northern Beaches when I was eight. So, cause mum and dad um, bought a cake shop in Newport. So we lived, moved to Bugola Beach yeah, it was awesome. It was an awesome childhood. Obviously, we were maybe two minutes walk from the beach. So we spent you know, every afternoon, you know, after school down the beach. And yeah, it was a great
1: childhood. So really, your love of the beach and the water was from that early time.
0: Yeah, yep. And surfing. Because I would always hang out with the with the boys at school and we'd go surfing after school. And
1: yeah, it was just fun. And owning a cake shop, pretty much living the dream, cakes, <laughs> surfing the yeah, beach. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And was no, it just good. you or you had brothers and sisters? Um, I've got one brother, a younger brother and an elder sister. And what started yeah. the whole, like, did you always want to be a nurse? Like, was that sort of from a very early age as well?
0: Yeah, it's so weird. I remember when I was in, it must have been first grade, and our teacher asked us to draw a picture of what, what we wanted to be when we grew up, and I drew a nurse. And then I had, like, the pyramids in the background. So I had this idea. I wanted to be a nurse and I wanted to work in Africa.
1: Wow. Yeah, so so cool. Sort of stuck to it. And what was it? Was it just wanting to help others or what motivated that, do you think? I
0: honestly don't know. It was just, yeah, I just had it in my head. That is what I want to do. And you
1: just followed that?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And um, where did you study, by the way? Um, UTS in Sydney. And I'm... You know, you're the first to admit, um, you know, I've obviously read up on you in a non-creepy way before (laughs) you coming today. Um, And, you know, you, you have said that before your accident, you know, you admitted you did have it all. You know, you've got a happy marriage. You've got three beautiful boys, a career you loved. You know, did you appreciate that at that time? Or did you maybe take it a little bit for granted like so many of us always do? Yeah, I mean, maybe I did take it for granted, but I
0: do I do remember because I spent a lot of time on my own, especially as the kids got a bit older and they'd go to school. So I would go mountain biking like in the national park. And, yeah, I think I did appreciate just being in the bush mm. and it was like
1: my happy place. And um, your husband, Cameron, is actually a professional photographer. How did you guys actually meet back in the day? <laughs> well, um,
0: I used to work in mum and dad's cake shop to um, save up to go travelling. And Cam used to come in because he went. He we didn't go to school together, and so he'd come in. And I thought he was kind of nice and a bit spunky. And then um, one night we're at the local pub, and I saw him, and he was a little bit drunk. And so I asked him out.
1: You that's asked how, him out. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's
0: how it started. <laughs> and what was your first date? Oh, uh, we went to see the Whalers because I'm a huge Bob Marley fan. Awesome. And the Whalers came over to play and, Yeah, that was it. And how old were you guys at that time? Uh nineteen
1: or twenty. Wow, so you've been together for a little while. A long time. Yeah, amazing. And what is it do you think about the two of you that makes such a great partnership? Um, I don't know, I think we're quite similar. Like I mean, Cam loves travelling.
0: I've always wanted to travel. Um, he's a real people person. He's very compassionate and nice. I don't know. We just we just I don't know, we just got on. We're like I guess it's really corny but like soulmates in a weird way. And um how long have you guys been
1: together now? Hmm, gosh um 28 years wow yeah that's crazy amazing and <laughs> tell us about um your boys what ages are they
0: um uh, right now we've got ollie he's 14 noah's 16 and ruben's almost 18
1: wow so yeah. is, is that like hsc territory yeah, yeah he's
0: just finished wow so what so, are his, his plans now uh well ribs makes um furniture and like and and things out of leather so he's got his own little um, business going he's yeah, it's on Instagram, made by Ruben. And, yeah, that that's just what he wants to do.
1: And um, you've always been very active, as you said, with surfing and biking in such a beautiful part of Sydney. You know, were you always into sport as a kid? Um, yeah, I always did sport as a kid, like hockey and um,
0: softball and stuff. But I think as I got older, I did a lot more, like, you know, a lot more exercise. Only because I loved it. It makes you feel good.
1: Yeah, so that's it does. why I did it.
0: Especially after having the kids, because you know they do drive you a little bit nuts sometimes. And so, um, yeah, if you know when you get a little bit uptight or whatever, I would go for a run or a swim
1: or a surf, and you just feel better. Yeah, it's so true. I run a lot. Running yeah. has sort of become my sport of choice, and that's yeah. only been a very recent thing. And mm. yeah, it is so great to be able to just. Get out the door if you've got cabin fever. You know, just get out and run. It's such a mind clearer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good escape. And um, you know, you were actually on a family holiday in Thailand the day that your life changed forever. And I guess it probably started mostly like any other day. Can you tell us a little bit about about that day?
0: Yeah, sure. So we'd we'd been in Thailand for about four days and um we were heading north and we found this really cool like hotel right on the beach it was pretty like I guess remote where it was and um I remember going swimming with the boys and it is kind of weird but when I got out I think I remember thinking wow life doesn't get much better than this I know (laughs) and then um, we went and just had like some breakfast and I think the boys wanted a juice so um yeah, we got a juice and one of the kids saw um, a stairway going up to an observation deck, so we went up. I don't remember. I actually don't even remember going up the stairs. Really? Yeah, but we all did and then I leant on a railing and it had like dry rot
1: and I fell like six metres and yeah. yeah, broke my back and hit my head. And so. what do you, do you remember anything? Like do you remember that at all or what's the first thing that you remember after that happening?
0: Um, yeah, no, I don't remember that at all. My first memory is it must have been the the following day because my mum and my sister flew over and I was, like, strapped onto this spinal board and um, I remember saying to mum, I want to get up, I want to get up. Like, I had a a strap over my chest and I think I said to mum, you know, it's really squishing my boobs, I just want to get up. That was one memory. And my second memory, like, which is pretty vivid, um, I didn't actually know where I was but I remember having, like like, a, you know, like a central line almost in my neck and i hate needles and i remember it really hurt so i was grabbing the sheet and then i saw them pull my t-shirt up because it was like this aqua color it was quite bright and then they cut it off and then you just see that mask come down over your face so that was when i was in theater about to have um rods and screws put in my back
1: and when you kind of came to you're in hospital you know i imagine cam was there you know what did he say to you or what did the doctors say to you Um. I can't remember I mean because
0: you know I didn't even realize that I was paralyzed my main focus at that time was on my head because I sustained like subdural and extradural hematomas like bleeds and like the headaches were incredible and so I remember the nurses would come in I would just put my arm out and they would inject I don't know some sort of painkiller so I was a little bit out of it um but I do remember one of the doctors I think he was the neurosurgeon and he'd come in and, you know, Thai people, they're so lovely. Mm. And he'd go, oh, you've just got spinal shock. It'll settle down in six weeks. So I kind of thought, yeah, fine. I'll just, you know, go Yeah, home. no problems.
1: I'll just hang out for six weeks. Yeah, just go rest. Home, go to
0: hospital and then i will be me again. So, yeah, I kind of had no idea.
1: Of the extent at no. that
0: time. I do remember saying to Cam that a couple of times, um, I wish I'd died. I remember saying that when I was up in Bangkok. Well, wow, what a confronting thing! Like, yeah. what was
1: that like?
0: Well, horrible. But it would have been like way worse for the boys in cam
1: mm. because I don't
0: remember it, you know. And they they saw me lying on the ground, like, and I couldn't breathe properly because I had like a lot of internal bleeding. So yeah, not not nice for the kids.
1: Yeah, and your injuries really were horrific, including a fractured skull and a bruised brain and, mm-hmm. and severe damage to your spinal cord. You mentioned then you weren't really told the extent of what had happened. You know, what went through your mind once once you did understand the gravity of the situation?
0: Um, well, I, I didn't um, find out until I was flown back to Australia and, um, you know, I was taken to North Shore and that's when I had the MRI and, and that's when the doctor came up and said, Well, I think I asked him. He came in and he said, like, you know, I've looked at your scans and, you know, it doesn't look good. And I said, will I ever walk again? He just so bluntly said no. And, yeah, my mum was there. (laughs) I think my mum wanted to just punch his lights out. And I pulled the sheet over my head and I just couldn't stop crying. I was devastated. Having to deal with that kind
1: of news, you can't even imagine it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure at that stage I definitely would have wished I'd died. And you had to go through many, many months of gruelling rehabilitation when you did come back to Australia. What actually kept you going? You know, I imagine you must have had to dig pretty pretty deep. How did you force yourself to go on at what must have been such a devastating time?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I only did it for the kids. I honestly think if I didn't have the kids, I wouldn't be here. Mm. So, yeah, I did it for them. And Like they'd been through enough. I didn't want to, you know. I wanted to try my hardest for them I didn't want to disappoint them again and yeah and give up and how were the kids during that time that must be such a hard situation (laughs) it was it was horrible I mean I'd only see them maybe once or twice a week they'd come visit they'd come in and visit and um, that was sad I mean you know I wasn't the same mum like who left for Thailand I do remember Noah he was really angry and I did want him to go and see somebody but we kind of refused yeah you know he was only what was he he was nine he come in and I remember saying to him look no this is shit like what's there's happening there's no sugar coating no I said like yeah but I said we've just got to kind of um get through it as best we can
1: and he just was really angry at yeah, what he had was happened. angry yeah you know during rehab you have said that you really did um hit rock bottom when you came back to Australia and, you know, nothing was the same, you know, and you were relying on your family for everything, you know, once you actually returned home, what was that like going from your life previously to being in that situation? Horrible.
0: Yeah, so overwhelmed. Like, Yeah, because I'd spent seven months in hospital and then, yeah, when I did finally come home, I think that's when the reality hit and it was like, oh, this is my new life and I hated it like and cuz we live um, we live in Newport and we can see like the beach and I can see my favorite surf spot so that would just just rubs so my soul into all my open wounds. Oh. I, was, I was so angry I was always angry and sad and I wanted to move I wanted to move away from the beach. so you couldn't see it yeah cuz everything was in my like right in front of me so yeah i yeah i just wanted to get out of there I said to Cameron I want to live, move to a desert where yeah. yeah, there's no ocean and no people and how did you deal with that anger um well I kept a lot of it in, like inside I didn't want to, I didn't go around screaming and crying and carry on well I mean I did cry a lot but I tried to hide that um don't know I just I just yeah I just kept it inside mm. I did punch walls a couple of times so really remember that. at home yeah I was just so angry I was so angry just thinking like I hated I hate this and I hated myself and
1: yeah, and and it wasn't good. Did you have any help during that time? You know, anyone to sort of speak to professionally, or were you just trying to deal with it on your own? Um, yeah, no, I didn't.
0: Because when it was really weird, when I was at rehab, um, you get this timetable. You know, you have to see your social worker and, and all that, and then um, and I had to go see a counsellor. And before I had the session with her, I remember meeting her, and she goes, "Oh, do you want to have a cup of tea?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." And then she goes. She goes, when you get your periods, you know, this is going to be really difficult. I'm like, what? Oh my God. And she goes, you can always go have a hysterectomy. I was just like, <gasps> are you for real? Are you joking? Yeah. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, I just have like four operations. Like, and yeah. you asked me for a cup of tea and we're yeah. talking about hysterectomies. Yeah. I was, and, then, and then I just kind of went, right, I'm never seeing her again. Like, yeah, I just had it in my head. I was, I was a little bit stubborn. I was like, well, you can't fix me. Like I'm too broken, so
1: what's the point? So I did. I, I didn't actually see anybody. And I imagine it must have been really, you know, probably quite difficult on your, your and Cam's relationship as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. It wasn't like a husband wife kind of relationship. I mean Cam had to do everything, like kind of help me, you know, look after the kids, go to work. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the same. And I felt so guilty. Like you feel like a really bad
1: wife and a really bad mom. Even though obviously you had no control over what happened to you, you still felt guilt. Yeah, I, I will always feel guilty. Yeah, it's crazy as humans, isn't it? I know we would feel guilty about yeah, something like that. Yeah, I feel like guilty
0: that. about everything. I feel guilty that I wrecked
1: their, their holiday, obviously, and yeah, and their life and their childhood. And you've mentioned, you know, you you really believe you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the kids. You know, that is what kept you going. Was there any other glimmer of light during this really difficult time that? that kept you persevering um yeah it sounds weird but
0: exercise again because i loved it beforehand um like i mean cam was amazing and he'd say you know oh there's a personal trainer in avalon and i'm going to take you to him it was where my best friend went and um you know some some mornings i would like i'm not going i'm not going i didn't want to get out of bed i didn't want to see anybody and so cam would pretty much make take me and then um he was brilliant i would actually talk to him um, about everything it was just just him almost became therapy it was it was seriously we would talk about suicide we'd talk about everything and you know and then i do boxing and you just
1: feel better wow. so he was he was like my therapist to begin with and trainer so, all in yeah, one yeah and how long was this after the accident that you started training with him oh it was
0: would have been pretty oh after well after I got home maybe a month or yeah, so yeah wow so it was soon. pretty
1: quick yeah, yeah. And that just became something that you really hung on to. You're like, you know what, there is actually a reason to get out of bed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started kayaking, actually. Wow. And that was my other reason to get out. Yeah. So that was awesome. So I I remember when I was at rehab and I would always complain, um, you know, I I can't surf anymore, can't play soccer, can't mountain bike. And I do remember saying maybe I could kayak. And the sports recreation officer at rehab was fantastic. And he's like, right. And so um, two weeks after getting out of rehab, yeah, I was I started kayaking. You were on the kayak. And where did yeah. you go? Where were you kayaking? Um, just in Narrabeen Lakes, which was unreal. It was like 15 minutes away. So, yeah, it was a bit nerve-wracking. I mean, because I've got no core, um, I have no balance. So you're sort of sitting in you know, it <laughs> wobbling and,
1: and all that. But, yeah, I loved it. Wow. So you sort of felt a little bit of that spark come back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once I got the hang of it, definitely I felt like a little bit like, yeah, the old me. And do you still see your trainer? By the way, I do. Yeah, she's awesome. So, um, yeah. So her name's Gay, and she she has been incredible. So I started training with her. She was just a volunteer coach, and then um, as I got a little bit better, we you know she she go oh do you want to come on a Tuesday? I was like yeah for sure, and then um, yeah, and then I went in a couple of races, and that's when I got onto the Australian team. So the the training intensified. Like, we were paddling, like, six times a week in three gym sessions. That's just amazing. And that was awesome. So then, yeah, I did feel a little bit like myself. Like, you know, it brings out, like, a bit of a competitive yeah, streak. Yeah, perhaps there and, is
1: something else that came back out.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and I do remember, like, yeah, we'd have to go. I'd wake up
1: so early and I'd be stoked to get up and go train. And we'll come back to sport in a, in a minute because mm-hmm. I'd love to talk more about that. But I wanted to ask you about, you know, you have said that the guardian angel that saved your life was actually um, a baby bird. So how did he come into your world? And, and why do you think that you connected in such a strong way? <laughs> um, well, yeah, we found um, her name's Payne. We
0: named her Oh, it's a when... girl
1: bird. I'm so sorry. It's oh, a girl well, bird. We just
0: assumed it was a girl. <laughs> we called her a girl. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, we found, no, I actually found penguin at my mum's house. Um, She'd been blown out of her nest. And so, yeah, so she was a magpie and we thought if we left her there, she would die because she couldn't fly at the time and she could kind of walk a little bit. And so we picked her up and we took her home and, yeah, looked after her. And I don't know, I think, like I said, I felt like a pretty bad mum because I couldn't do any of the things I used to do. And so um, when we had Penguin, I don't know, I was able to look after her so you kind of feel a little bit more like not confident
1: but, yeah, not
0: as useless, I guess.
1: And do you think it was a little bit emotionally healing as well, like that nurturing and and looking after Penguin? Yeah, no, definitely.
0: Yep, yep. And I would talk to her. She was my therapist. Wow, so between the (laughs) Taylor and Penguin, amazing. I had a few
1: therapists. Unconventional therapy, (laughs) but I love this.
0: Whatever works, hey? Totally, yep. So, yeah, I would, I would just winch to penguin all the time and
1: just talk to her. I don't know, animals are kind of healing. Oh, animals are the best. They yeah. know, don't they? Yeah. And um, what did the kids say when you rocked up with this um, baby
0: bird? Oh, yeah, that was, that was stoked. She was so cute. So they were so excited, you know, they made a little bed and we all, you know, all fed her. Yeah, it was awesome because, you know, when I came home, I guess I did bring like just I don't know, I brought everybody down. I made everyone sad. And so, when we found Penguin, she sort of, I don't know, brought
1: happiness back into our lives a bit. And I sort of, I've seen obviously some amazing pictures because <laughs> um, your husband is a photographer. So, yeah. he's able to capture some of these beautiful images of just daily life, like Penguin hanging out, having a meal, like yeah. <laughs> all of these things. It's quite incredible, I guess, to be able to document it in that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, we're very lucky. I mean, Cam, Cam can't help himself. He's always taking photos and he's always got his cameras handy. So.
1: And yeah, it's good. How long was Penguin with you in the end? Uh,
0: two years. That's quite a long time. It is, yeah, yeah. I mean, she did go away for, like a few times. Like, well, she I started disappearing for like a day or two, and then went to a week, and yeah. And then I do remember, like, this is my favorite, like, kind of memory of Penguin. Um, it was Ruben, like our eldest. It was his thirteenth birthday, and she'd been gone for about six weeks. You know, we thought, oh, maybe something had happened, or. You know, we were hoping that perhaps she'd found a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember saying to Ribs on his birthday, oh, imagine if Penguin came back today. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, haha. And we went to my mum's and Cam got a phone call of his lady saying, I think Penguin's inside my house. And so he drove home and, um, and it was her. It was so cool. So um, I was driving at the time so we waited like half an hour and then drove home and Cam had his video, like a, his camera, recording Ribs' reaction. It was just awesome. So she did come back she on came the actual birthday. Yeah. Yeah, not to our house but to someone else's house and then
1: Cam went and picked her up.
0: Incredible. It and do you think cool. it
1: really helped the entire family to heal?
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I mean, obviously the boys would talk to her and I don't know, She and, and actually she took the focus off me because I hate being centre of attention. And when I came home from hospital, everyone would come up, which is lovely, but I kind of didn't like it, yeah. you know. Oh, how are you? It's like what do you want me to say you know I just go yeah good good you know um and
1: so when we found penguin everyone would come up to see her not me which was totally cool and what do you think that time and penguin in particular taught you during that period Hmm. (laughs) I guess it like animals are really healing yeah
0: and it is good to talk to you know if you do have like some I don't know it's good just to
1: get stuff off your chest I think even if it is to an animal. Mm, Just get it it out, actually verbalise it. Yeah, definitely. And I've read that, um, you know, as Penguin became more independent, you became, you know, quite committed to your exercise and you did take up um, competitive kayaking and paracanoeing and surfing and you've actually gone on to win titles and medals in (laughs) all three disciplines, which is is quite incredible. So how does it feel to have returned to sport, um, you know, in that, that way and not just return but actually excel oh, well yeah
0: well i only did just. well i guess the kayaking is canoeing.
1: yep oh, was, okay yeah yeah
0: sorry it's a bit confusing um yeah it was unreal it was so good i mean i must say i would get a bit frustrated with my kayaking because um you know it was a bit competitive and i couldn't get my time down you know with all the training and i knew i was pretty strong but i just couldn't get the catch right but i did go over to italy like um with the team and it was so much fun. But I didn't win. (laughs) But it was still awesome. But with the surfing, um, I didn't get back out on a surfboard for about five years after the accident. I remember one summer, we're up at Palm Beach and a friend of ours was there and I was just swimming with Cam and he's like, oh, get on my board, get on my board. I'm like, no. And then he kind of convinced me and I'm like, no, this is not surfing. And so I sort of, um, yeah, I refused to get on the board. And then um, it's so weird. I remember getting a letter of, you know, Julian Wilson. He's a professional surfer. I got a letter of his mum who I'd never met, you know, this beautiful letter and saying, you know, I know you love the ocean and surfing. You should get back out there. And so I thought, righto.
1: Wow. So I owe it to Nola. She's a legend. That's incredible. So it was that letter. You're like, you know what, what what, what am I doing? I'm going to give it a crack. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yep. So she's so cool. So, yeah, we're still in contact. And, and so, yeah, I did. So I got on a board and it was kind of, I loved it. And I went in a competition up um, at Cabarita in, like, northern New South Wales. And that was the, for the Australian Adaptive Surfing Team. And it was so much fun and I did I did all right. I got on the team.
1: So yeah, it, was, it did amazing.
0: So, yeah, so cool. And then in December... Um, We went to California to compete at the um, world championships for adaptive surfing. That was unreal. It was the best feeling. So um, it's really cool because Cam's in the water with me. So he pushes me onto the waves and then we had the Australian coach and he would kind of catch me in a weird way
1: and then get me back out the back. So it was like a little team effort.
0: That It was very cool.
1: And um, I think you've been quite modest because you did more than okay. (laughs) You actually won gold at the World Adaptive Surfing Champs in 2018 so what was you know meeting everyone else that was there you know your fellow competitors I imagine you would have met some pretty incredible people from around the world what was that like? That was awesome
0: that was actually like I think the highlight of the whole event was just meeting people yeah from South America and yeah like you said all over the world and I don't know and you actually kind of felt normal yeah, you're not the only one in the world, Chen. You're not the only one who's had, like, an accident or something terrible happen to you. So, yeah, it was just unreal. It just had a really good vibe. So yeah, I loved it. And Yeah, and, and the boys came, and they they also met some incredible people. Met there's some tough people out there. Oh, yeah. Like, we met this guy, and he was a, he was American, and he went to Iraq. He was in the Army and stood on an IED and lost both of his legs and an arm.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know,
0: and he was surfing. And he was so cool. Like, he was just this awesome guy. And, yeah, the boys, I think we all kind of fell in love with him. He was, just, he was just amazing. He was so happy. I mean, he did say obviously he went through a pretty tough time, like, after that, I mean, as you would. But, yeah, he just, I don't know. I think the surfing just really helped him and he was just, he was just, like, so excited when he was out in the water and, yeah. And what's that cool. feeling
1: like being back on the waves? Pretty Unreal. cool. Very cool.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, i much prefer um, the surfing than the kayaking. It's way less um, stressful. Yeah, because, you know, I've grown up surfing so I can read the waves and, it's,
1: yeah, it's the best feeling. And what did the kids say, like, when they saw you competing? <laughs> were they like, that's so cool? Yeah,
0: they were pretty stoked. Um, and I was so glad to, um, yeah, have them there watching me. And I kind of wanted to win because I wanted to make them proud because they'd been through so much, you know, over the last what six years or whatever it was, five, six years. So I want to do it, did it for them. And what was it like holding that medal in your hand? Like (laughs) actually, oh my gosh, I've just won gold. Oh man, it was the best feeling. Like especially because I didn't know that I'd won. I was up against this French girl who, she was pretty good and, you know, and then like you you can see the clock on the beach and I'm going to camp, oh my God, we've only got three minutes left, you know, and I could see she'd caught a pretty cool wave. And I was just unreal. So I didn't know until I got into the shore. And then, like the Australian team rushed over, you know, they pick you up on the surfboard, and and you know, it, this will sound quite strange, but you know that Ozzie, Ozzie, yeah, yeah. they're doing that, and every time, and someone videoed it. Oh no, actually, I had a GoPro on my board. That's where we got it from. It always makes me get really emotional. It's Oh, good, like, I can just I so know. they're
1: carrying you along the beach doing mm, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, telling me that I'd won. It was just, it was the best feeling. Super cool to win gold for your country. That's incredible. Um, and do
1: you watch that? Like have you watched that I, yeah, since that footage? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's unreal. And then being on stage and they're playing the national anthem.
1: Yeah, it was an awesome feeling. So what's, what's up next for you with, with surfing
0: and what's your next meet? Uh, yeah, well, it would be World Championships again in
1: San Diego um, in March, in March next year. So I would like to win again. (laughs) And it's quite incredible, you know, what has happened, you know, post your accident and you coming back to surfing and, you know, going from, I guess, the deepest, deepest depths and absolutely wanting to give up to finding this new lease of life and finding your passion for surfing again. What do you think this has all taught you about life? I guess in a weird way, I guess, I don't know, you just make the most of what
0: you dealt with, you know. Kind of don't give up even though it is easy to give up, but just don't. And, yeah, it's just taught me, just yeah, like I said before, how many awesome people are out there to help you mm. and people you don't even know, like my kayak coach,
1: like Nola. Um, yeah, some amazing people. What would be mm. your advice to people that might be listening today, you know, they've got struggles in their life and they maybe want to give up, what would you say to them? Oh, man, I guess, you know what, I would probably say don't put your dreams
0: on hold. Like make them happen today not tomorrow sort of thing because you don't know what's around the corner. And and also, I don't know, everybody has shitty days and feels crappy. And so, yeah, like you're not alone. and you know, Everybody has struggles. And maybe find someone just to talk
1: to yeah, or just,
0: find something you love doing because it always makes you feel better.
1: So just reach out yeah. to someone. Yeah. doesn't matter if it's an animal or a person. Exactly. Or a coach. It could be anybody. Yeah, just talk to someone. And I know you travel around quite a bit now speaking to people and sharing your story um, in the hope of helping others. What's that like, being able to share in that way? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I
0: think that's the one thing I do like about it is because like, you do feel alone. If something happens, like some traumatic event happens, you do feel like, oh, this, I'm the only one, but you're not. I often get messages just from people just saying thank you because they don't feel so alone. And that kind of helps me as well. You know, you don't feel like you're the only one. Every, like, so many people, like, mm. have so many struggles. and It's so powerful,
1: things. I guess, the things that you've gone through, if that can help somebody else. Well, what an amazing thing. It's awesome. That's the one thing I like, it's being able to help people. And Cameron obviously has documented much of the journey of um, Penguin coming into <laughs> your life in a best-selling book called Penguin Bloom and now it's actually being turned into a movie with Naomi What's playing you. Um, how does it feel to have your story celebrated like that? Is that a weird thing? <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. I mean, it's exciting
0: but, yeah, it's pretty weird. I keep saying, okay, well, this is a little bit odd because we're just us, you know what I mean? No one famous, no one amazing, just a normal family. But yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I think it'll be awesome. And I remember saying to them at the beginning, I said, I just want it to be real and honest. I don't want it to be like, you know, oh, yeah, everything's unreal and everything's great at the end because it's sort of not. Well, that's not real life, is it? No, no. So yeah, it'd be pretty exciting to see it. Be confronting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be crying a lot in it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to see it a few times on my own. Yeah,
1: exactly. yeah, Get all the tears
0: out and then I'll be right.
1: What really uh, is your biggest hope for the future? Obviously, you've got more competing coming up, but where do you want to be? Like what's your hope for sort of five years, ten years' time sort of looking ahead? <laughs> well, I hope I'm not sitting in a wheelchair, that's for sure. I
0: don't want to grow old like this. Yeah, I hope to get on like a trial Um, yeah to help to find a cure Um, I'm an ambassador for like spinal cure Australia so it's all about money which is kind of frustrating so they need the funds to get the research up and running but they're getting there that is my hope to get out of this stupid wheelchair and be me
1: again and I think you know in between all of that you know with your surfing it makes me think like you know, you are a woman in sport, you're out there smashing it doing this, you know, <laughs> so are so many other women. I think as part of my job, we're lucky enough to, you know, work with a lot of women in sport who yeah. are just so strong at the moment, particularly the Aussies and they're crushing it on the world stage. What do you think it is about women in sport, particularly Aussie women in sport, you know, at the moment? Why why is that so important and why do you think that they're crushing it so much? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're just determined and incredibly competitive and just
0: awesome athletes, Because I've met, like I've met a few of them and they are, they're
1: incredible and they're so passionate about what they do, which is so cool. I think it's just such an exciting time for women in sport and I think whether you're into sport or not, I think it's really empowering for women in general. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, they're awesome. Well, Sam, it's been such a pleasure, you know, talking to you today and we really appreciate you sharing your story with us. If there was one thing or one message that you wanted to leave um, everybody listening with today, what would it be? Yeah, like I
0: said before, like don't put your dreams on hold because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. So if you want to do it, just do it. Like if you want to go trekking in Bhutan or somewhere random, just do it. Don't think about it.
1: You don't want to have regrets. So live life now basically. Totally. Don't wait. Yeah, don't wait. Yeah, just do it. Well, Sam, it has been, we just think you're a total inspiration. It's such a pleasure to finally meet you. I'll definitely, you know, look you up if I'm up on the northern beaches. But we really appreciate you um, coming in today and, and sharing your story with Women's Health. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed the chat. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know who you'd like to hear from next. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. If you feel affected by any of the issues raised in this podcast, help is available. Call Lifeline on 13 11 14, contact Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36 or beyondblue.org.au.